We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Friends in high places. The Ascended Masters, saints and sages of East and West, have walked where you walk. They know the trials and challenges you face, and they offer clear and practical tools for overcoming human limitations and guiding you back to the heart of God through your ascension. This is the open door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for the open door. Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, and greetings and thanks once again for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm still Tom Schumacher after all these years. And I'm still (laughs) Ross Brunson. Today our focus is the will of God. Yes, it is. And actually, not to put too fine a point on it, let's title this show, The Will of God is Good. Well, you're right. That's a very important distinction to make. If there is one overarching and I would say utterly consistent quality about God's will, it's this. The will of God is good. You know, I I think it's probably safe to say that virtually everyone who believes in God has wondered at one time or another just what God wants from us. You know, what is his will? I think we can probably all agree on that. Some of those pleas are probably uttered looking at the sky. What do you want? <laughs> well, you know, I, you know the, the question is what? Yeah, it's how to dis- distinguish God's will from, say, our own will. Another important distinction. <laughs> yeah, In other words, is true. what we want what God wants? You know, we've been taught that we were created in God's image and likeness, so we can instantly understand that God would want us to be like him. Well, I think that's certainly one universal facet and one predominant baseline of God's will. Okay, you know, so building on that, Mm -hmm. it would stand to reason that if we feel inclined to do anything that isn't God-like, it's probably not the will of God. Well, that would bring us back to today's thesis, the will of God is good. Exactly. You know, now, of course, we have to deal with the question of what is good. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just heard Pandora's box open. Oh, no kidding. You know, there are people who believe, for example, that killing those who don't believe as they do is acceptable in the eyes of God, that it is somehow a good thing. So how do we deal with that? <laughs> well, first, I think we acknowledge a universal set of principles that define what is truly acceptable to God. I'm thinking, let's, like, the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah, great example. You know, those simple and basic moral guidelines are present in one form or another, in every major religion and spiritual belief system. So, thou shalt not kill. Yeah. Now, that's pretty clear, pretty simple, kind of hard to argue with. <laughs> yeah. And it should trump any human tendency to try and find an exception or a loophole, although the Ascended Masters have taught us that we have a right to defend ourselves if attacked. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, But those who kill in the name of God in the so-called holy war, simply because others are considered unbelievers or infidels, 
they're violating the commandment of God. A holy war. Now, that's an oxymoron. Well, you know, and we have fought wars that we thought were just, you know, knowing that a good must come from aggressively confronting evil. Well, we have, and life must be defended. Absolutely. But the truth is, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Spiritual judgment ultimately comes from God through the exact application of cosmic law, such as the law of karma that we've discussed here many times. (laughs) You know, it's arrogant, to say the least, for man to presume Mm -hmm. that he can mete out justice in the name of God. Man may simply apply man's justice. Mm-hmm. We have free will, after all, you know, but the scales of cosmic justice are firmly and forever in God's hands, not ours. Well, yet that's exactly what man does time and time again. Yeah. He acts from this limited understanding of what we believe God wants and expects, and then try to hide behind an assumed cloak of God's approval. Yeah, it gets complicated, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, in man's attempts to interpret God's laws, they get divided, subdivided, and whittled down to minutiae that border on the fanatical. Well, I think a lot of times they cross that border. They <laughs> cross it. They trample it flat is more like it. <laughs> well, back to our example of the whole idea of a, a holy war. Uh-huh. Sometimes deadly conflict might become necessary. But it's never holy. It can be a great way, though, to market the concept of war, if you think about it. (laughs) If you can get people to believe that it's been ordained by God, well, it's probably going to be a little easier to sell people. Well, you know, and to feel good about it afterwards. But here's the point around which we think all such beliefs should revolve. God's will is good. God wants us to be good. He wants only good for us. And honestly, good things really have no moral ambiguity. If anything that we believe is God's will isn't good, it probably isn't his will. I can hear a chorus out there of people saying, yeah, but <laughs> I can hear it too. You know, but here again, it comes down to what part of good don't we understand? <laughs> this requires more than a little humility and intellectual honesty. If we're brutally honest with ourselves, we do know the difference between right and wrong. Well, I think that all keywords, sane people should agree with that. (laughs) Our system of laws is obviously built around the concepts of right and wrong, the golden rule, the commandments, and so forth. Yeah, and as we said many times, good acts create good karma. Mm -hmm. Acts that are wrong, unjust, and evil create negative karma. And the law of karma states that every jot and tittle of our bad karma must be balanced. That is the divine judgment of God, and every man, without exception, has to answer to this law when the day of judgment comes. So, it's not necessary to act in God's name to redress evil or to right a wrong. Yeah, I think God's got that covered. Okay, so let's pull this back to the question of God's will, and how do we know what it is? Well, the Ascended Masters teach us that not only is God's will good, but it's always available to us. Yeah, that still, quiet voice within. The one that a lot of people manage to ignore, yes. I mean, God's will is never hidden from us. It's there. It is fully inherent within life itself. Mm -hmm. We simply have to learn to surrender to it. Yeah, and learning to discern God's will begins with accepting the premise that today's show is based upon. The will of God is good. (laughs) Nothing complicated about it. No. (laughs) The will of God is good. God is good. God's will is good. That's a very simple and powerful yardstick for us to use. When in doubt, do the right thing. Bingo. You know, and we know that this may seem simplistic, but it has been man's tendency for millennia to overcomplicate things, to constantly look for the hole in the fabric. You know, it's such a terrible way to approach things. I mean, our, our aim is here is to provide a context for understanding and living within that joyful freedom of God's will that gives you the pathway for you to find real answers in true spiritual comfort. Rather than complex and conflicting dogma that only serves to keep you in the dark. Remember... The will of God is good. Yep, I can remember that. Okay, now on that note, let's hear from our friend Terry Kennedy reading an excerpt from The Sacred Adventure titled, Can I Know the Will of God? How can I know the will of God? This is the cry of millions. Man presupposes that the divine will is hiding from him, as though it were a part of the plan for the eternal God to play hide-and-seek with him. Not so. 
The will of God is inherent within life and merely awaits the signal of release from man's will in order to ray forth the power of dominion to the world of the individual. There is a sovereign link between the mortal will and the immortal. In the statement of Jesus, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, men can be aware of the eternal will as the fullest measure of eternal love. Release then your feelings of possessiveness over your own life. Surrender the mean sense of sin and rebellion, the pitiful will to self-privilege, which engenders bondage. See the will of God as omnipresent and complete, the holy beat of the sacred heart throbbing within your own. Know and understand that surrender is not oblivion, but a point of beginning and of greater joy. Now responsibility does not cease but begins anew, and man is yoked with eternal purpose, the shield of God's will. Moria cries out, O weary traveler, know him ere it is too late. So many tempt God one more time, fearing they may miss some passing earthly joy. The will of God is an interpenetrating essence that flows through substance, mind, and motion, conveying new images and changing old ones into transcendence. To die to all of this marvelous flow of living light by closeting the soul in vain desire is an abomination beyond terror. Come out now then and see the sole goal of eternity shining through the strands of time. What a marvelous gilding of opportunity is to be found in the pursuit of His will. And it can be known. We cringe for a distraught humanity caught up in the passing paradise of the senses. Man's inhumanity to man is not destroyed by a liberal sense, neither is utopia secured by developing a sense of social justice or an outreach toward world betterment which denies immortality. Only by union with God's will can the world, one and all, come to peace and perfection in a relative sense stretching toward the good things to come that spring forth in eternal life. How myopic are the savers who store their world's goods, like camels in little humps of survival, and are themselves utterly barren of soul substance. The will of God is the will of change for man that feeds the flame of life within and changes mortality into immortality. It would seem that what the senses cannot report is unbelievable unto many. And yet the life that beats the heart of man is not seen or known by any save the few. Many wonder how man made in the image of God could have fallen so low. Let them realize that deteriorations occur first in consciousness. Hence, when men indulge in simple flights of imagery that are not in keeping with divine ideals, they take the first steps in departing from the will of God. A downhill course is more difficult of reversal than an ascendant one. The will of God is purely beneficial to all the earth, yet wholly tethered to the infinite love of the Father, without human favor or distortion. Now we call for the clear seeing of the God-consciousness in all life, as the first step toward immaculate victory, which all must take if they are to be reborn in the divine image and likeness. Does shallowness of being mean that man can never become full of grace and the manifestation of God's will? I say nay, for if the vessel be shallow, enlarge it. If the substance be minute, increase it. God's will is everywhere manifest, but it must be sought and gathered. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen 
must be held as potential for all. In the fullness of faith in the divine creation, men must identify with the hidden man of the heart, and out of this oneness they will roll up victory after victory right in the teeth of seeming defeat. When we return, we'll hear a special interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the will of God and what happens when we decide to make God's will the center of our lives. Don't go... for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back. In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses the nature of the will of God how to know what it is, and how to make it work in our lives. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. With all this talk about doing the right thing and following God's will, I think the question for most people is, how do you know what God's will is? I mean, in the face of all the conflicting vibrations with which we're all confronted in the world today. Doug, I have always found that God will never, never fail to reveal himself to us if we persistently seek him. The answer to the question, how do you know God's will, is simply ask. Ask God, God, what is your will for me today? And when you have asked, then you go about your daily duties. 
and you find that in the alchemy of the day, in its unfoldment, in the blending of forces, in the movement of your mind with a mind of God, God reveals his will not so much by a spoken word, but by the very action of his spirit in and through us. And that will is like the unfolding rose. It unfolds like a spiral, and we come to understand it proportionately as we keep ourselves attuned to the mind of God and as we keep active, doing the best we know how to do each day for him, for our family, and for our community. Then how can you put this knowledge to work for alchemy and for change in your life? Do you mean the will of God? Yes. The will of God is power. When you are aligned with the will of God, it's like having two colanders. You're a colander and God is a colander. You put the two together, you get the holes lined up, and then the cosmic energy of the universe flows through those holes and you find yourself literally charged and bristling with God's energy. As soon as you're out of alignment with God's will, it's like your colander has moved and there's a total block to the flow and you don't know what to do with yourself, you don't know what to do with your life. So if we find ourselves in that predicament of not knowing which way to go, we have to pause a moment and maybe for a day or longer and say, if I really don't have the fulfillment in my life that I'm seeking, it has to be because of this one factor. Somewhere along the way, I have gotten out of alignment with the will of God. In a series of pearls of wisdom which we are releasing to our students, St. Germain reveals the path of freedom and how to get back into alignment with the will of God. And in those pearls, he reveals his own guru, the great divine director. The great divine director's causal body or sphere of cosmic consciousness, as you might say, contains the energy concentration for that divine direction. He keeps the flame, in other words, for divine direction for life on earth. St. Germain teaches us then how to give certain mantras and decrees to the flame of divine direction, which is in the heart of the great divine director. By doing a special series of these mantras and decrees daily, one comes into a greater alignment with that cosmic consciousness which is held by the great divine director. I would encourage then that those who are listening to us today who are seeking divine direction, the will of God, and that alchemy of self-transformation which St. Germain actually learned from his guru, write to us for these pearls of wisdom. We would be most happy to share with you this bread from the Lord's table. Once we've identified the will of God and once we've made up our minds that it's going to be our will, what's the next step Things really start happening when you decide that the will of God is the center of your life. St. Germain describes his contact with one or more life streams on earth, and he talks also about Jesus visiting his disciples even in this age. The fact remains that the moment you can say, Not my will, but thine be done, with a full understanding that you have free will to accept or reject God's will, then you realize that that is all that the ascended masters are waiting for. When you accept God's will, as Jesus did in Gethsemane, immediately an angel comes and ministers unto you as it ministered unto him. These angels are 
angles of God's consciousness personified as the ascended masters. We find then that the will of God is what will give us conscious cooperation with the invisible world and with the invisible hierarchy. St. Germain tells us that the creation of the visible is wholly dependent upon those essences which are not visible to the unaided eye. This is a very important point in alchemy. It means to draw forth from the universal, from the energies of spirit, we must be able to visualize these realms and establish contact with them. Because we have not yet mastered time and space, we do not come and go in infinity as the ascended masters do. However, since we have need of the energies, the resources of infinity, to take dominion over the earth, the next best thing is to make contact with those who have access to those resources. It's like when you need money, you go to the bank for a loan. You go to the place where there is that resource. So... St. Germain says that in the process of alchemy, we should follow the path of what he calls enlightened self-interest. Enlightened self-interest is interest in the self, the real self, the God self. But he explains to us that this is not selfishness, but it is actually what is best for and good for the self. He says that unless we pursue this enlightened self-interest, we will never be able to do the things which Jesus did. Before Jesus became the master of Galilee, he studied until the age of 30 in the retreats of the Great White Brotherhood these very laws of alchemy. Having mastered those laws before that embodiment, brushing up on that sacred science before his mission, he became the greatest alchemist of all time. St. Germain is saying, if you are going to help the world, help yourself first and do it according to the teachings of alchemy which I am giving you. He explains that ignorance with its defilement of the law deprives the individual and society of enlightenment. The only cure is illumined obedience together with scientific attentiveness to the detail of the law. Illumined obedience is when we seek to understand God's will, to know that it is good, to know that it is really the foundation and the structure of our identity. And when we can, by conscious free will, accept that law, not by becoming a zombie or a puppet on the string, not by simply becoming a jellyfish, but by becoming a very strong individual and then yielding that strength to the creativity of the mind of God. Some people use their subconscious minds to enhance their creativity. What does St. Germain have to say about this? St. Germain teaches us that the sincere student who would ponder and practice methods of mind and memory control, which are the methods of God himself, should acquire the habit of consciously giving to the blessed higher mind, or Christ self, the responsibility for designing and perfecting the embryonic ideas and patterns of his creation. He says that many of these patterns, which at first appear to be consciously conceived by the alchemist, frequently have their origin within this higher portion of the blessed self. He explains to us that 24 hours a day, the higher mind is active in expanded dimensions. We are not always aware of what this higher mind is doing, but if we meditate upon something that we desire to draw forth, even wisdom itself, and we release that as a matrix 
into the higher mind, especially before we retire at night, that in the morning we are filled with inspiration and divine direction. And so St. Germain counsels us that it is very important as we pursue the studies in alchemy that we have a pad of paper and a pencil next to our beds so that if we are awakened in the night, we will write down immediately what we are thinking and what the higher mind is impressing upon us because invariably we will forget when we awaken in the morning. This is because those moments which occur often in the middle of the night are moments of a higher contact and an experience in higher consciousness. And so often we say, well, we'll pick it up in the morning, but in the morning we never remember because we are not capable of sustaining in our full waking consciousness this contact with the inner mind. We find then that the great alchemist himself, God, the Almighty One, is working in and with and through our soul from the superconscious mind of the highest source to the subconscious mind that contains all of the memory of our own past achievement in previous incarnations. Alchemy then becomes the science of a total integration of the soul with the forces of his own microcosm, his own being, and as that being is in contact with the one universal source. St. Germain gives a great deal of instruction on alchemy before he releases a basic outline of how to pursue the process. He says, First design a mental matrix of the desired object. Then determine where you wish it to manifest. If you know the material substance of which it is composed, memorize its atomic pattern. If not, call to the divine intelligence within your higher mind to register the pattern for you from the universal intelligence and to impress it upon your memory body and your mind. Recognize that light is an energy substance universally manifesting on earth, thanks to the sun's center of being, the focal point of the Christ in this solar system. St. Germain continues, Call for light to take on the atomic pattern you are holding, to coalesce around that pattern, and then to densify into form. Call for the multiplication of this atomic structure until molecules of substance begin to fill the void, occupying the space in which you desire the object to appear. When the total outline is filled with a vibratory action of the fourth-dimensional substance representing the desired manifestation, ask for the full lowering of the atomic density into three-dimensional form and substance within the pattern established by the matrix of your mind. And then await results. There is a real core of information in St. Germain's writings for the individual who perceives himself as a part of the avant-garde who will carry Earth's evolution from the old order to the new. The symbol of this new order of the ages which St. Germain is sponsoring is the eye in the capstone of the pyramid that appears on the $1 bill. That eye is the all-seeing eye of the inner alchemist, your own higher mind, your own real self. When you make contact with that inner eye of God, then you can precipitate the great pyramid of self and find yourself one with a cosmos. Thank you very much. Up next, God willing, our weekly Q&A, and today we're joined once again by Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us.
online community for positive change. Heaven's Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us once again is the aforementioned Sydney Bennett. <laughs> Hi, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Um, you're certainly familiar with this question that we often hear people ask, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, We know that Buddha taught that all life is suffering, but is it God's will that we suffer, or is this simply a matter of interpretation? Well, it's God's will that we learn and that we grow mm. spiritually. Mm. And for some of us, suffering is the only way to do it. Um, but <laughs> pain, pain, pain is the price of wisdom. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. I mean, it says in the Bible, Jesus learned obedience through his suffering. That's an amazing statement when you think wow. about it. He, that's how he learned. So if that's how he learned, then chances are that's probably how we need to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to ask ourselves, is the temporal pain worth 
what we're achieving, which is eternal life, which is our Christhood. And if that's the way we get there, then, you know, nobody loves to suffer. But the portal to bliss is pain, as as contradictory as that sounds. And it's the pain of separating ourselves from our human consciousness, which has limited us, which held us back, which has prevented us from becoming the Christ, walking and following in the footsteps of Jesus and embodying the will of God. Wow. You know, I think uh, my own obedience, uh, how shall we say, adventures uh, as a youngster were really brought home to me having my own child and looking at the child and having to explain the difference between what should you do and not do, what's right, what's wrong. And I think it's interesting that the the disincentive of pain is to turn us to the right path. And so God incents things that he wants to have happen and disincents things he doesn't want to have happen. Yeah. And I think that's right. That The pain is definitely there. Now, along these, these particular lines, the ascended masters have taught us that there is no injustice anywhere in the world. Now, from a different perspective, some people might say, I think there is, but let's continue <laughs> on. So if we experience a bad thing, there is somehow justice going to be done. Now, is this going to be a karmic justice? Can you help explain this? Well, I think um, when you think about injustice, let's let's back up a little bit and talk about evil. I think you could say that evil is not real because it's not of God, and yet it has a temporal manifestation. And so there is no injustice in the universe. There can't be because they're God. And yet even injustice might have a temporal manifestation. People have free will that are around us, can do what they want. But what happens is we very often will have a karmic vulnerability to certain things. And so as a result, it seems like an injustice to us, but in fact it may not be. It may be our straight karma, or even if it's not our absolute karma, we have a vulnerability or an openness to that, and there's something we can learn from it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important not to become angry or resentful or defiant to God or to others at this perceived injustice, but to try and learn from it and resolve it. So you're saying, essentially, is that when we when we have that feeling that we would normally go, why did this happen to me? To think, okay, I don't know what necessarily is happening here, but I should treat this as a test and pass it. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you hear the old adage, the good die young. Mm -hmm. Well, um, there may be a certain <laughs> truth in that simply because the people, the children of God, God allows their karma to come to them so they can learn and grow. Mm -hmm. And uh, the following ones, of course, are notorious karma dodgers. And so they'll try and serpent, oh. circumvent that. But what happens is they keep building up a greater and greater karma. And when it does come down, um, they don't have much opportunity to learn. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Well, if the good die young, what does that say about us over 60? <laughs> Think for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the title and premise of today's show, uh, which you heard us say dozens of times already, <laughs> is The Will of God is Good. Um, and my question is this. In your opinion, is this a good internal lens for discerning the will of God? Well, I, I think it's it's pertinent to discerning the will of God because, you know, the will of God is good. And, and of course, what we consider good and what God considers good may be a, a different thing. And I'll give an example of this. Uh, a number of years ago, I was out of work, and I was using the science of the spoken word and decrees and will of God, prayers and so forth, to find a job. And i, I got to tell you, I was pretty active in this because I needed a job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, what God gave to me instead of a job at the time was an insight into my psychology and my spiritual path that I don't think I ever would have gotten otherwise. Now, when that happened, if you just said to me, do you want the job or this insight? I would have said, oh, the job, no doubt about it. But the, the reality is I did get a job eventually, and I had that spiritual insight. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to, to, to know the premise that God is looking for our ultimate good, and we have to accept that. And, you know, it's, it's a process. You know, people 
are afraid sometimes that God's will is going to ask them to do something they don't want to do. And that's never the case. We must understand that if God's will might be different from what we might choose, there's a reason and a purpose for it, mm-hmm. and God will be patient and wait till we're ready to take that step. You know, I, I remember you were, we were talking about this a moment ago. A lot of what we experience is in our perception that if we, if we perceive something as a problem or a challenge or, or, or painful even, mm-hmm. that's one way of looking at it. But if, as you were alluding to a moment ago, if we accept things with a spirit of grace and gratitude, it changes that into opportunity. Like you said, people need to learn. So is it pain at that point, or is it maybe something entirely different? Well, it is your perspective, you know, and I love the the quote from Romans, you know, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so when we love God and know that God won't bring anything to our lives we don't need to deal with, even though it may be a karmic situation that may be difficult, then we can feel a certain joy even amidst the pain. I know mm-hmm. that sounds contradictory, but, you know, you know there's a purpose for your suffering. What I don't want is suffering without purpose. And when you're on the path (laughs) of the Ascended Masters, if you do suffer, there's a purpose to it, there's something to be learned and something to be overcome and a victory to be won and Mm -hmm. a karma to be balanced. And that is a joyous experience. Yeah. Well, you know, and also when you when you look at these kind of things, we have some tools that other people don't really have. That is, when you're going through some of these, basically you can kind of be mindful and say, what am I going through? Uh, and ask for the will of God. I mean, that's a really key thing for me. Is if I'm going through something difficult, I ask, you know, please God, adjust this according to your will. Uh-huh. And that call does compel an answer. It doesn't mean it's going to go away. Uh-huh. <laughs> doesn't mean it won't hurt and that I don't have to go through it, but it is adjusting it to God's will. But, but, but look at it this way. Let's say your spiritual progress is being impeded by one thing, mm-hmm. and that one thing you can't see around, but if you can get through that, it's like an entire vista opens up to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's the trusting in God and trusting that the pain that you feel and the suffering you may go through is a purpose and will liberate you as long as you don't become resentful and angry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from whatever is a burden upon you and give the opportunity, hopefully, to right the wrong if there is a wrong and to balance that karma and to learn. You know, just as a PS to that, I remember somebody saying once, if you don't like what's going on, change your mind. That at a certain point, we've talked about this in previous shows, that, we're, that the accountability that we have as free beings, I mean free will beings, is such that we can affect how we perceive our experience in the moment. So that if God's will in this case is something that we might be prone to perceiving as <laughs> something difficult or painful, again, it could be just a simple matter of changing our perspective, accepting it without putting our human overlay on it. You know, and, and, and we have, that's a victory in and of itself, I would think. It does go back to faith and trust. You know, there's a purpose. There's a reason. And if we trust God, it will eventually become, you know, mm-hmm. aware to us or to known to our outer consciousness. But it is that walk of faith and trust, which is many devout Christians, which have a very simple faith because they don't have the, perhaps the true understanding. And yet mm-hmm. they have such great faith and love that they do bring forth great things yeah. in their lives. Mm-hmm. So we've read in Luke 12:32 that it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, this would certainly seem to be in line with the idea of God's will being good. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, I think you can, you know, God is not the limiting factor in our happiness or our path. We are the limiting factor. Yeah. God has been waiting to bestow these gifts upon us, but he can't give them to us until we're ready, until we, are, we can hold the light and hold the blessing. And so God wants to give us these things. I mean, if you have a child, you know you want to give your child good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what God wants to do. So when we take the stand for the will of God in our lives, it is the first step 
to that progress which is key to receive the great blessings that God has in store for us. And we don't know what those blessings are. We see the temporal needs and problems and issues of the day, but we know there's tremendous things awaiting us Mm -hmm. if we will take the step and aligning ourselves with the will of God and following that to the best of our ability. Yeah, It would seem that a good first step would be to learn how to listen to that still quiet voice within. Do you have any tips as to how we could do that? Well, this goes back to spending time with God, to aligning yourself um, with the light and with the spirit. We use a lot of times prayers, meditations, the rosary, mm-hmm. uh, our prayers and decrees. And what that does is it clears our consciousness, it clears our aura, it dispels the fog so that we can hear better what that still small voice is. And it takes practice, it takes work, it takes finding a quiet time, perhaps in the morning, be alone with God, talk to God, work with Him, and He'll answer your prayers. Yeah. Well, in that vein, is it possible that we could turn up that still, quiet voice a notch or two? <laughs> well, again, I'll go back to in calling forth the will of God. We have a prayer that uh, was given to us by El Moria, who is the Chon of the First Ray, which is the will of God embodies, where you call forth the will of God. And, the, you know, it's a clearing of things in your world that are blocks to will of God. We may have wrong desire that may be a block to the will of God. And so... You know, when we clear the energy and the force field around us and the karma, it's much easier to see what is the will of God. And when we truly surrender, God can work to align those forces and those energies that will bring exactly what we need um, to bring that happiness or whatever we're seeking. Yeah, you know, and it probably bears repeating that simply asking God to reveal his will is a powerful technique that really works. You know, it's easy to overlook um, probably because it is so simple. Would you mind framing this prayer to reveal God's will so our listeners can remember it and hopefully use it? You know, Tom, that is a really good point because, again, the simplicity of God. Remember that we have free will, and God, the ascended masters, the angels, will never, ever interfere with that free will unless we ask them to come and show us the way. And if you don't ask them, then again, you're like a boat mm-hmm. tossed on the sea, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So whenever you're giving your prayers or asking God for things, you say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, which mm-hmm. is Jesus' prayers. Or let every call, word, will, or intent I ever do be adjusted according to God's will. And that's sort of the safety valve, so to speak. Uh-huh. Because sometimes, for instance, let's say you're sick and you need healing. Well, I mean, God wants us to be healed, but... What if God wants us to learn the lesson first, not (laughs) just the physical healing or the relief from pain? And so even though we may pray and pray and pray for a physical healing, maybe what we should be praying for along with that is the lesson we need to learn or the karma we need to balance to move on. Yeah. So, like, you, you shouldn't eat four pies and then call for the will of God for healing. <laughs> this is not a good thing. <laughs> so what can you tell us about the Ascended Master, who is the hierarch and the champion of God's will, our beloved El Moria? Well, El Moria was the author of The Sacred Adventure, which we heard an excerpt from right. at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. El Moria embodies the first ray when part of that is God's will is God's power. And Moria says that life is not worth living unless it's lived under the will of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a fair statement. I think it's something we can all understand. And I think if you look at his other embodiments, you can see his devotion to the will of God. He was one of the three wise men that came to Jesus. He was a great uh, astrologer mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. wise, obviously, wise man at the time. He was embodied as Thomas More. Um, wow. Uh, excuse me, Thomas Beckett. I'll go back to Thomas More and say Thomas Beckett, and we all know that story if we've seen yeah. the movie Beckett. And then he was, in, yeah, he lost his head in that life because <laughs> yeah. uh, he was devoted to the will of God. Yeah. And and then is Thomas More who also lost his head. 
And you can see that devotion. And the irony of this is the king in both cases was the same soul. (laughs) And and so you can see what the example and the love of Moria for this soul to place himself to help him learn that. He was embodied Mm -hmm. as Akbar, the great Indian um, emperor who, you know, he went for both religions, or excuse me, for many religions. Mm -hmm. He wanted to bring them all together. He Mm -hmm. saw the unity Mm -hmm. of them. So you see the devotion of the will of God in many embodiments. In his last embodiment, he was uh, embodied as the Master Am, and of course was one of the sponsors of Madame Blavatsky, mm-hmm. and that holds. Uh, it all, it the all comes together. It does. It does. Well, as happens so often, we have to take a break. Don't go away. When we return, we'll continue our discussion of God's will with Sidney Bennett. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, hello again. We are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of God's will, and I hope we can pick up the momentum that we established in the previous segment. I think so. <laughs> so we were we were kind of teasing Sid just a little bit that he'd forgotten one of the embodiments of, oh. of El Moria, which would be Abraham. And Abraham, a pretty good yeah. lesson in that one, isn't it's there? It's pretty, pretty hard to forget that one, but That's I right. managed it. He did. <laughs> um, what is amazing about this embodiment is, you know, a lot of Western civilization is based on Abraham, if you think about it, because Abraham was called to get up and take his family and leave 
the city. And, you know, he said, well, we're God. And God <laughs> says, well, don't worry, I'll, I'll show yeah. you. So that is trust the ultimate me. trust in the we'll faith of the, the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look what happened to him. He went forth. And, and um, he had an amazing life in his devotion to the will of God. But I think perhaps one of the greatest examples of that is when he was called by God to sacrifice his son Isaac. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that I think we've all had trouble identifying with. I mean, what yeah. kind of a God would ask us to sacrifice their only mm-hmm. son? But in context of the culture of the time and so forth, sacrifices were part of the, of the religion at that time. And, and Abraham, in absolute obedience to what he believed was the will of God, took his son. And you can imagine what he was going through. Ooh. And his son <laughs> asked, well, where's the sacrifice, Father? <laughs> You're it. God will provide. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we know where the story went. And so it was the ultimate test. Mm-hmm. And so we will probably be asked to sacrifice things at a certain points mm-hmm. of time, and hopefully not our firstborn. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an allegory. It's a story of devotion to the will of God. And I thought when I was beginning my spiritual path, I thought I had to become a monk. And, you know, to be really a spiritual person. And I, I wanted to get married. I, you know, I wanted to have a family and so forth. But I was willing to surrender that mm-hmm. if that was the price I had to pay for mm-hmm. spiritual progress. And, of course, God has blessed me with the family as well as the spiritual path. Indeed. Is, is there a passage in that particular section about Abraham that talks about the fees for counseling for the son? <laughs> <laughs> let's change direction for just a yeah, moment Yeah, let's here. do that. <laughs> Focus on a subject that we had definitely spoke about in the beginning of the show, defending life. Yeah. The Ascendant are certainly not pacifists, are they? I mean, we have both the right and the obligation to defend life, don't we? We do. And, you know, being in physical embodiment is a challenge because I think we all know and understand to make true spiritual progress, you can't harm any part of life. And so what is this a contradiction? If you're attacked or your family's attacked or your nation's attacked, what do you do? Do you just lay down and and let yourself be killed or your family be killed? Well, you know, that's a karma-making thing. If you don't defend life, then you make a karma, just as if you make a certain karma if you have to go out and fight in a war. And I I might add here that the Ascended Masters are not in favor of war, obviously, (laughs) but there are certain times when you must physically defend yourself and your nation and your family because you are a spiritual being evolving, and if there are those forces that would deny you that opportunity, they must be dealt with. And, and I would add here that the karma in war, when you kill someone in war, is different than the karma of going out and killing someone in anger or resentment or so forth. And so it's a complicated thing, but you can't be a pacifist. You can't be passive in the face of evil. Mm-hmm. Even though God meets out the ultimate justice, because this is our world and God has called us to take dominion over it, we must do those things necessary to protect life, to defend life, to preserve the truth, mm-hmm. the freedom of religion, and so on and so forth, so that when, if we have to come back, we'll have the opportunity and go. And if we don't do this, then it's our karma. And, there's, there's, you know, this is a world where the physical things happen, and you don't always have the perfect choices to make. But you have to take a stand for what is right and doing the right thing, and the preservation of life is definitely the right thing. Oh, I would agree yeah. totally with that. You know, one of the things we discussed um, in the previous segment, and we have discussed at other times too, is the voice within, the still quiet voice within. Uh, obviously, we know of stories of people saying, well, I heard a voice in my head told me to do that, you know. And there, have to be, uh, there has to be a certain degree of discernment, I would think, to make sure that you're listening to the right voice. Mm-hmm. Common you know, sense. How yeah. Do you, yeah, you know, I mean, it's... How do you know it's real? And do you challenge the voice that you hear? Well, you have to, because obviously um, we hear of people committing atrocious crimes because they said, God told me to do this. Well, 
obviously God didn't tell you to do that. There was a demon or a, a, yeah. a devil or something that, that prompted that and so forth. So you do have to challenge the spirits. And a part of that is living your spiritual life and, and helping yourself stay in oneness and, and alignment with that. But if you ever have a doubt, you know, about where that voice is coming from, you need to challenge it. In the name of Jesus Christ, if you're not real, depart from me. And if it's not God's will, then don't let this unfold. And, and going back again mm-hmm. to the common sense things, yeah. um, you know, you don't, you don't test God and lie down in front of a train, you know, because you're going to prove that God's God takes care of you. Well, the train's going to run over you because yeah. you didn't use common sense. There you go. So, so there's, yeah. you know, again, it's not that easy, but it's something that can be achieved and you can work from. And and God will give you the answer to your questions mm-hmm. uh, as you work on it. Yeah. Well, let's let's kind of riff on that just a little bit more. Those like the fallen angels who will take every opportunity possible to thwart our paths, yep. they have to be challenged. So is there a really simple prayer of fiat other than the one you just did? That well, I, I think, us? again, when you're on the spiritual path and you go to an advanced level, you need to have certain daily spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. We give prayers to Archangel Michael every single day because we need to be protected. And so you will make the calls for the protection from aggressive mental suggestion or any of these things that might be coming forth out of um, the astral plane or the fallen angels and so forth. And so that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But you also have to realize that God will allow a certain amount of testing to come forth on you, like mm-hmm. it happened to Job. Yeah. Um, you know, and so... God is not going to protect us from every single thing because we have to demonstrate and learn mastery. But with these tools, of course, it makes it a lot easier to understand that and to overcome these things that, that are against us. You know, I'm just reading a book about Padre Pio now, and he was tormented oh, gosh. by demons and devils yeah. and so forth. Yeah. And he used to ask God, well, wh- why are you allowing this? And, of course, I don't know the answer to that totally, but I think part of it was that, you know, he had to gain a mastery or learn from it, and he wanted it at some level. Mm-hmm. for what he wanted to do for God and for man. Oh, yeah. You know, um, again, this is something we alluded to uh, a little bit ago, but heeding the voice within and the will of God can seemingly put us at odds with our human aspirations. <laughs> I know you mentioned about, you know, do I have to be a monk? <laughs> and I, I was in a monastery for a couple of years, and I can kind of relate to that. Um, but in other words, God's will might seem at first blush to ask more of us than we can give. Uh, and this may be why many people willfully resist listening, don't you think? I mean, worrying that God might ask too much of us. Right, right. I might, he might ask me to give up something or do something I really don't mm-hmm. want to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, this goes back to a certain basic premise in your life that you have to come be at peace with, that you trust God, you have faith in God, and that you all want that for your life. And once you reach that point, then you do it to a certain piece. And hold on, because you're in for the most exciting ride of your life. There might be a few bumps along the way, but God wants the best for you, wants your victory, wants your wholeness. We can do our part by committing ourselves to the will of God and trusting that whatever comes into our world is part of that. And it may be a bump or an obstacle that must be overcome. It may be opposition from something that shouldn't be there. But keep yourself aligned with that will of God. Work on it every day, and you'd be amazed at what can unfold in your life. Well, so we've got a little bit of time left. What can you tell us about the, the true freedom of aligning ourselves with God's will that, that hopefully is going to take us away from the fears or the concerns about following where God leads? You know, words, the faith. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's a trust in God. And, and every spiritual scripture of East and West that you read, God is a loving God. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. And once you accept that premise, then it becomes a lot easier. There is a freedom in it. You know, I decided a long time ago, 
I wasn't going to live in fear. I didn't want to live that way. And mm-hmm. so it's much easier to trust God than to live in fear, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. And you sleep much better at night, I might There you add. go. Yeah. <laughs> There's your alarm system. <laughs> well, for those who would want to know if they can get a copy of The Sacred Adventure, you can go to tsl.org forward slash 6395. That'll take you right straight to the bookstore page for The Sacred Adventure. 6395. 6395. That's two books in one. You've got some pearls of wisdom uh, from the Master Moria and the Light from Heavenly Lanterns. Well, believe it or not, once again, Here we are. we've run out of time before running out of questions. So <laughs> yes. We'll queue them up for next week with Sid Bennett. So that much more to talk about, and I really appreciate uh, the time that you spent with us, Sid. Yeah, I, I do too so much. And next week, um, you're going to have to uh, contact your cosmic um, travel planner here. I see. Uh, our focus is going to be on soul travel. And healing. And healing, um, yes. Until then, remember, though the upward path is difficult, the rewards are literally out of this world. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.